Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company, and I really recommend them. They take care of us. You can find out more by visiting the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Naples Illustrated, bringing you infinite luxury lifestyles. The website is naplesillustrated.com. We've got terrific guests for today's show, including Keith Flaw. He's the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Get an update from Keith on education and perhaps the Second Amendment. We'll also visit with Seat Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. And Bill Barnett, the former mayor of Naples, will be with us as well. It is July the 16th, and on this day in 1790, the Young American Congress declared the swampy, humid, muddy, and mosquito-infested site of the Potomac River between Maryland and Virginia would be the nation's permanent capital, Washington, in the newly designated Federal District of Columbia, was named after the leader of, of course, the American Revolution and the first president, George Washington. It was Washington who saw the area's potential economic and accessibility benefits due to the proximity of navigable rivers and, you know, being located in the middle of the United States at the time. It's so important, actually. Tallahassee being uh, the capital of Florida is probably not the best location for it, but it was when uh, Florida got started as a state and uh, was accessible accessible to other parts of the nation. George Washington, who had been in office just over a year when the capital site was determined, asked French architect and city planner named Pierre Lafont to design the capital. In 1793, the first cornerstones of the president's mansion, what would uh, eventually be named the White House, was laid. George Washington, however, lived in the mansion, and it was not inhabitable until 1800. Instead, President John Adams and his wife Abigail were the first uh, White House residents. They lived there less than a year, and of course, then Thomas Jefferson moved in in 1801. All that uh, opening up on 1800. Also on this day, and just in 19, 1995, that's just 25 years ago, Amazon officially opened for business as an online bookseller. Within a month, the fledgling retailer shipped books to all 50 United States and 45 countries. Jeff Bezos, of course, who's the founder, his motto was Get Big Fast, and Seattle-based Amazon eventually morphed into what it is today. It is just truly amazing what Amazon has done and created, and the wealth has created, jobs it's created. It's just been amazing. Well, Florida Public School Commissioner has mandated that all schools will be open for full schedules in August. So here's the plan for the Cuyahoga County Public Schools. They'll offer four options for families to educate their children during the upcoming school year. Uh, According to the district, the instruction models are... On-campus learning while following health and safety precautions. Number two, eCayer Academy virtual learning on a set schedule similar to a regular school day. Number three is eCayer Academy virtually virtual learning on a flexible schedule where students can work at their own pace with regular teacher and peer interaction. And then finally, number four is homeschooling. Now, when we return back to campus in August, it'll look and feel different, County Superintendent Kamala Patton said Wednesday, hence the name moving forward, not going back to school. Always a little, a little uh, motto there. So, mass and safety, <laughs> listen, mass, mass and safety glasses will be required on campuses for students and staff while the Collier District opens brick-and-mortar buildings, district officials said. Face coverings will also be required on school buses. The district will provide students with two washable face coverings and a pair of safety glasses. Staff will receive three washable coverings and a pair of safety glasses, Patton said. The glasses provide wraparound protection and create an extra additional barrier of protection, she said. On campus, college schools uh, plan to limit large group gatherings. Staircases and stairwells will be marked for the direction of traffic flow. Schools will be provided with prevention supplies such as hand sanitizers and general purpose cleaner. Hand sanitizer stations will be located throughout each school campus. Schools will be continually disinfect classrooms and school building furniture, according to the district. Unbelievable. So uh, this sounds like a, a probably a 
a, a collage of opinions from the uh, teachers union and, and others. Former chief of neurology at Stanford University, uh, Scott Atlas, Dr. Scott Atlas, said there's zero excuses to keep children from returning to schools. There's virtually zero risk for children getting something serious or dying from the disease. Anyone who thinks schools should be closed is not talking about the children. It's taking. It's uh, nothing to do with the children's risk, he said. There's no rational reason or science to say that children transmit the disease significantly, according to Scott Atlas. Now, uh, what that tells me is that kids should probably have a little bit more normal schedule than what is being proposed by the school district, although I'm sure this is all the result of a compromise with significant with parents who are concerned, teachers who are concerned. Uh, but it sounds like, well, if it were me, I'd just say kids could just go back to school. So former chief of neurology in Stanford University Medical Center uh, <clears throat> said there's no excuses for their kids not to go uh, back to school. Uh, he, the, he said also we are only the only country not opening schools. This is absurd. He said, look at the science. I'm saying the critical thinking and logic, despite skepticism from CDC Director Robert Redfield, on the COVID-19 situation paired with the upcoming flu season, Dr. Atlas believes that keeping schools closed would be a grave policy mistake. So let's just follow the science, he says. You can either believe the science or not, he added. You can't insist you believe in science and then act contrary to the science. That according to Dr. Scott Atlas. Well, the uh, CEO of one of Florida's largest health care providers says that the intensive care unit capabilities to handle, handle the recent uptick in coronavirus positive tests, we have adequate personal protective equipment, he said. This is a CEO, Terry Shaw of Advent Health. We have a stockpile of ventilators, and we have an amazing clinical team that has taken best practices from around the world and put them into our protocols, or our treatment protocols. He says the uh, capacity for ICU is at 85 to 90 percent, and they're prepared to make more space if needed. So he says he's downplaying the importance of uh, closing down the economy. He says there's plenty of space, and we can take care of folks. DeSantis, uh, our governor, urged calm uh, yesterday and posted a video twito, Twitter showing Dr. Charles Lockwood, the senior vice president of University of South Florida Health, explaining the raw ICU numbers don't tell the whole story and also pointed out that the coronavirus fatality rate has dropped, dropped, and dropped, which is absolutely the case. Questions have also been raised about testing about the investigation from, from Fox 35 News in Orlando. Uh, showing that I've heard up to 300 labs had a 100% positivity rate for testing. In other words, getting bad information. And so now the CDC is reporting that the China coronavirus mortality is below the pandemic threshold. Below the pandemic threshold. Will Democrats be celebrating this? I would imagine not. Neither will the mainstream media. The CDC is currently reporting on their websites that the cha uh, coronavirus is no longer a pandemic. The mortality rate has fallen below the pandemic th threshold. Of course, uh, we can. The, the statement also follows on the CDC that, well, of course, more people may die. And we may have to go back to the pandemic threshold. So important point here is that 56 people out of a million, out of a million around the world, die from coronavirus compared to over 2,500 per million who die from the flu. Just think about it. Think about the course of action that we're taking. It's extremely contagious. I'm not suggesting we shouldn't pay attention and, and guard ourselves. But closing down the economy, these uh, extreme measures uh, just do not make sense to me. And yesterday, hospitals across the country started reporting their data directly to the Department of Health and Human Services instead of the CDC. That includes everything from the number of COVID-19 hospitalizations to available beds and so on. So uh, the CDC says they approve of the changes. Well, I, th I think in the back room where the conversations occurred, I think they, there is little trust to the CDC right now. And uh, Dr. Deborah Burks, and Alex Azar will take over the management of this process. We're so fortunate to be in Florida. The state of California is being forced to close their economy down yet again because of COVID-19. Governor Gavin Newsom recently announced that all bars, movie theaters, and indoor restaurants can no longer operate in the state while indoor malls 
barbershops, hair salons, gyms, churches, and other businesses are shut down in counties determined to be problematic, such as Los Angeles, Orange, Riverside, San Bernardino, Bernardino and Ventura. This continues to be a deadly disease, said Newsom, in the face of the science that suggests that, well, it's contagious, but it's not that deadly compared to the flu. Anyhow, California is going to release 18,000 prisoners by the end of August to slow the spread of COVID-19. They've already re- uh, released 10,000. They call this pandemic emergency uh, depression, decompression efforts. I'm telling you, panic is set up. The corona panic porn just never ends. And uh, people are fanning the flames of fear. And uh, we should get this in perspective. I'm just suggesting perspective here. Uh, not necessarily that we should ignore or be cavalier about the pandemic, about the Wuhan flu or plague or whatever you want to call it. Uh, this segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Naples Illustrated, bringing you infinite luxury lifestyles. The website is naplesillustrated.com. Com. Coming up, we're going to visit with Keith Law, the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Gulf Shore Playhouse, devoted to creating professional New York-style theater at its very best and at affordable prices, presents a fabulous new season of productions beginning in November with a world premiere of a one-man show written by and starring the talented associate artistic director of Gulf Shore Playhouse, Jeffrey Bender. Pinup Girls opens in January, singing a cavalcade of hits inspired by real letters from our troops overseas. Inspired by what they find funny, romantic, heartbreaking, and sexy, the ladies put on a show that celebrate the guys and gals who fight to defend our country. Bang Bang opens in March, written by legendary actor of Monty Python fame, John Cleese. You'll surely be wiping away tears of laughter with this one. William Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream opens in March. Meddling parents, impetuous young lovers, and cunning fairies collide in Shakespeare's enchanting classic. Another Revolution by Jacqueline Bircher opens in May. You won't want to miss this timely new work about finding hope in one another through the uncertainty of the world around us. What a terrific season of productions. Tickets for this great new season are available now. Tickets start at only $38. Tickets can be purchased by calling the box office at 866-811-4111 or visiting the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater and, of course, some great summer programs for kids. You can find out more by visiting the website, golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Right now we have with us Keith Flaw, uh, co-founder of a terrific organization. It's called the Florida Citizens Alliance. Keith, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Keith. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Well, we're a uh, grassroots organization, a coalition now of well over 100 different groups across the state of Florida. 
and we focus we've focused for many years now on trying to improve our public education system. Uh, we're strong advocates for school choice, parental choice, and uh, trying to get rid of the indoctrination and the pornography that's in our school systems. And doing a great job. Uh, I just would like to uh, hat off a real shout out to Keith and his uh, co-founder, Pastor Rick Stevens, who have been in Tallahassee for the last eight years, just really lobbying for the benefit of kids. And he's had a major impact, uh, you know, with now with a good relationship with the governor, a good relationship with the uh, uh, Corcoran, who's the uh, public school super, uh, commissioner. And, uh, and good relationship with lawmakers, too. So congratulations on everything you've accomplished, Keith. Well, so, thank you. So I understand there's on the ballot we're seeing uh, something about tr transferring money around here in Collier County to, to appease uh, and uh, from the building funds to operations, something like that. What are your thoughts? Well, it's, uh, it's being billed. It's the Collier County School Board. It's on the, the ballot as a referendum to allow uh, the Collier County School System to move uh, 35 um, millage points from uh, the capital budget to the operating budget, and they're characterizing it as tax, tax neutral. Uh, as, as a personal note, I'm very much opposed to it and would encourage, again, personally, would encourage people to vote no for it. Uh, why? Uh, well, the logic, I think, is uh, it goes back for uh, what I've been involved with here in Collier County for the last eight years in trying to understand and uh, focus on the budget uh, Collier County has a $1.1 billion um, school uh, school budget. Yeah, uh, They've never passed up an opportunity to raise taxes on both sides, both the operating and the capital side. And, the, and you, you know, when we call them out on the $1.1 billion, they always tell us that uh, that's really not fair. You have to look just at the operating budget. You can't count the capital budget and some of the transfers. And so now what they're trying to do, because of COVID, uh, they're trying to move these 35 millage points over the next four years from, uh, I call it robbing Peter to pay Paul. Yeah. The uh, the real issue in my mind is the, the school board uh, on the operating side, the administrative staff is way over bloated. Of course. You know, and, and, and I would argue as a financial executive, uh, trying to get underneath their numbers, they've got at least a 25 to 30 percent. Uh, overhead that should be uh, attacked before they start uh, trying to uh, move money around and protect uh, that operating budget. So uh, I just believe that, uh, you know, that they've steadfastly refused to do a forensic audit. They've steadfastly refused to do zero-based budgeting. And uh, I just think it's... Uh, it's just unacceptable that they're, they're one more time they're coming at, uh, um, uh, you know, t tapping into our tax, yeah, well, tax uh, base. And, you know, and uh, for our listeners' benefit, uh, the school budget, budget per child in, in the Cuyahoga County Schools is double the national average, $22,000 per child versus 11000 or 12000 nationwide average, 12000 actually a little higher than the, than the national average. So, uh, and then, of course, they say, well, that's not fair to compare it that way. Of course it is, because that's how, that's how uh, uh, other school, school boards in other uh, districts uh, announce their budget. They they include capital expen expenditures in that number. So we do the same thing here in Cuyahoga County. The point is this: uh, I just want to underscore what you said. There is so much waste and bloated. The budget is so bloated with bureaucracy and with the uh, uh, <laughs> with uh, support people. It's way too high. We should pay teachers and pay them well. But my goodness, people that aren't in the cl classroom, we need them. Need janitors and people like that, but. We don't need, and I'm, I don't even know the, the titles of some of these people that they have, but there's so many support people here that we don't need. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And so I'm just, again, personally urging people to vote no on this uh, referendum, and uh, let's force them to do uh, a serious job of uh, zero-based budgeting on the operating side of the equation. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I've already uh, voted no on that. So uh, I understand there's a big event coming up here. Yes, um, Florida Citizens Alliance is hosting a, actually a national event, which is a, something unique for us because we t typically only focus in Florida. Uh, but we, we had a lady uh, on the East Coast come to us, uh, loves what we do, would like to see some of what we do extended um, to, uh, you know, to other states. And uh, she's just a very um, uh, faith-based uh, person. Uh, and so she's, uh, she's actually funding a, 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 this effort. It's called Rescuing Our Children. Mm. It's a day-and-a-half event. It's going to be live-streamed. Mm. 
and, and available on Roku TV. Um, it's free to listeners, so you can, uh, you know, your your listeners can uh, go to our website and figure and find the link and and on uh, the evening of the thirty first of July and all day on the on the first of August, people can tune in as they want. The agenda is 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 there, so they can pick and choose. We have some eleven different. Uh, national speakers that are speaking on different subjects, all the way from uh, pop culture uh, and how it's impacting our kids to the sex ed and, and human trafficking, uh, to the socialism that's in our school systems, um, the union implications uh, of, of, of uh, you know how they're um, you know destroying our, our, our public education system. So it's dynamite. Um, group of speakers and a, a really great agenda and so we're delighted to be hosting it well congratulations to you sounds like great and thank you for that for the woman who's uh doing this uh, for the benefit of all of us here in, in uh, florida uh, it's a national event you say it's not just florida so um in case you know you have conflicts on the first of august or whatever is it going to also be available after the event can you pick and choose and and uh you know the uh, presentations <laughs> Yes, they're, they're going to be videotaping it, and it will be available in segments afterwards. Uh, but again, during the, 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 the evening of the thir- 31st and the 1st, you know, people can pick and choose. Um, there'll be like 45-minute segments for each of those speakers. Wow, that sounds um, fantastic. So, so uh, where, we can do this on your website? Yes, if you just go to the front page of our website, goflca.com, and right up in the upper right-hand corner, uh, we have uh, two events, and this is the top event. Uh, the other event is until uh, the middle of September, so we're, we're, we're really encouraging people to just focus on this one right now. Okay, so it's goflcaction.org? No, no, no this one's flca.com. F-L- goflca.com. Okay. GoFLCA.com. Keith, I think it's just a terrific that you're uh, sponsoring this national event. Congratulations. I really want to participate. I think it's going to be extremely informative, and uh, uh, the, the issues that you're bringing up here are very important. Before I let you go, though, I do want to ask you about one thing. Uh, I, the, the, the couple in St. Louis brandishing their weapons oh, I know. W- reminded me of the uh, concealed carry that we have in Florida. We're, we're over 10% of our population, I believe, actually adult population, have uh, concealed carry. I believe that's a correct number. But uh, at one time, a couple of years ago, we talked about the fact that open carry is not allowed. In other words, if they had done that in, in uh, Florida, it would have been illegal at the time. Is it still illegal? Um, my understanding is that it, it would be prosecuted um, uh, because they were openly brandishing their weapons, even though it was on their own property. Yeah. Uh, but the, it, it's a little mur- murkier here in Florida because we have the stand your ground rule yeah. uh, law here in Florida. So actually, I, I have to think about that. I'm not so sure it would be illegal because they're protecting their property. Yeah. Um, and they're on their property. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, in, in retrospect, I'm not sure it would be illegal here in Florida. Well, when you see all the things that are going on here, gun gun sales are going through the roof, of course. <laughs> and right. When you see right. all the uh, the uh, illegal uh, looting and violence that you're seeing, I mean, it, it raises the question, I think, for gun owners. And uh, so I, I know that you focused on Second Amendment uh, issues in the past, just a cu- yeah. point of curiosity. So well, I, one other aspect of that, real quickly, is if you look at the sheriffs in Florida, at least a half of them are Democrats. Mm-hmm. And if you look at some of the issues that have come up over the past couple of years, I can well imagine that some of those uh, liberal sheriffs uh, might try to push the envelope and, 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 and get their county attorney to file a suit on this, whether yeah. it would be sustained or not, I don't know. Yeah, it's so interesting. And again, uh, uh, well, a thought just slipped my mind. Oh, uh, the point is that uh, the, the uh, open carry which is what we're talking about. I guess we're one of five states in the nation that don't have open carry. That's right. Unbelievable. Well, uh, this is not an issue we're focusing on right now, but I think it's one that we should consider in the future. Again, Keith Law, the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Again, the event coming up on July the 31st in the evening. You can find out more by going to goflca.com goflca.com. Keith, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. 
Thank you, Bob. Have a great weekend. You as well. Thank you. Keith always ends up with that. Have a great weekend. And, uh, you know, we got another day to go here on this week. But nevertheless, I appreciate that, uh, that acknowledgement. Okay, we're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Lyndon and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Do you have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, even now during the pandemic, and you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us Byron Donalds. He's our state representative and also uh, my favorite candidate for U.S. congressman here in District 19. Byron, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Bob. How you doing? I'm good, Byron. It's great to have you on the show. I was really appalled to see that someone's putting out ads suggesting that you're a fake conservative, you and uh, another uh, candidate. And uh, it's just so distressing. At this, it always happens at this time during the campaign when uh, the the ballots go out for early voting, and uh, all the smut starts to hit the <laughs> hit hit the pavement. Maybe what could you address the issue for us? Yeah, I can. Uh, I think you said it best. This is what happens when candidates and the super PACs that support them get desperate. Uh, the one you're talking about in particular, concerned conservatives. This is the super PAC that's supporting Dane Eagle. Um, Dane Eagle's in fourth place. He's not going to win. And they're very desperate. So what they try to do is trash uh, their opponents. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, the most ridiculous part of their ad is they're calling me a liberal sympathizer. And anybody who knows anything is that um, when Dane and I, we served together in the Florida legislature the last four years, when it comes to actually debating any matter of consequence, um, that's a major issue between liberals and conservatives. The Republican leadership would always ask me to go into debate. Mm-hmm. They would ask me every time. They would want me to make sure I stood up and debated against the left uh, because uh, they know and Dane knows uh, that I'm one of, not just one of the more gifted speakers in the legislature, but factually I'm always accurate and I know how to battle the left. That's, that's my track record even going as far back 
when we met Bob speaking at, at speaking at tea party rallies almost ten years ago. Right. Um, and and so that's the part where you know they're really just trying to misrepresent the facts. Uh, this is no better than what CNN does to the president, frankly. Yeah. And, um, and you know we're just going to fight through it. But but concerned conservatives, they're a desperate super PAC. Their candidate is losing. He's not going to win, and so this is what they do. Yeah. Uh, the the other attacks are coming actually directly from Casey Ascar, um, and the super PAC that supports him, Honesty America. Uh, uh, you know, typically, you know, I know candidates don't really get into this, but um, it's important that voters know the facts and know the truth. And so I just want to take the time to, to set the record. The, the truth is, Bob, is that uh, Casey and his team thought that they were just going to simply be able to buy this election by, by spending millions of dollars on TV ads. Uh, what they didn't count on was uh, that, number one, the Club for Growth was going to endorse my campaign. And then the second thing they didn't count on is that we were going to take off like a rocket in southwest Florida in the polls. And so we've risen dramatically over the last couple of weeks we have all the momentum in this race, and frankly, his team, they're, I think what they've decided to do, or their only way they could possibly win, is to go completely negative against me and try to slow me down. But it's not going to work um, because, you know, I've been in the conservative movement for 10 years in southwest Florida. My record is clear. Um, I am a, a supporter of the president. Um, yeah, when I was 18 and 19, I made a lot of mistakes. Mm -hmm. Those are mistakes that I regret, but I've spent the last 20 years of my life, um, really rebuilding my life and redeeming my life. And I have a reputation in this, in this community. And frankly, I think a lot of people who are watching this negativity and are like, well, wait a minute, we know Byron Donald. Yeah. That is, that's, we're not, that's, we're not listening to this. This is nonsense. Um, meanwhile, you know, I don't know who Casey Ascar is. I've never seen him around. I don't know what his politics are. I know what he says in his ads. Right. Uh, but I just hope that Southwest Florida doesn't take ads. They actually do their research and realize who the proven conservative is in this race. Yeah, absolutely, Byron. I mean, I'd like to point out, too, again, uh, you grew up in a single-parent uh, home in, was it Brooklyn, I think, or is it in... Uh, Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. Yeah, Brooklyn, New York. Yeah, I mean, uh, you've... <laughs> you were in a, in a difficult neighborhood. You did register as a Democrat when you are a young person. You've uh, found out what the truth is, and you've, over these last... I mean, you were the first speaker at the, our uh, Tea Party movement back ago when I made the introduction to you 10 years ago. So, uh, or not, I introduced you to the public uh, about 10 years ago at one, at one event, as I recall. But uh, the point is this, uh, you are, uh, I don't know anybody who knows more about the Constitution than you do. You are definitely well-informed, and just take a look at the voting record, according to the uh, James Madison Institute, you get an A+, plus, A+, plus from the James Madison Institute on uh, your record as a legislator in Tallahassee. So, I just want our listeners to understand that I know you personally. I know your family. I know your uh, your ethics and your honesty, and uh, I just fully endorse you as candidate for our Congress. And I hope our listeners will take this to heart and tell other people as well. Well, I appreciate that. Listen, Bob, I I know what happens uh, in this time in political races. I've I've seen it happen before. Um, this what makes this one more interesting is it's a nine person race. And so, you know, the candidates that are losing or, or, or about to lose, you know, they, they, this is their attack. They, they go negative. Uh, they, they run smear campaigns. Mm -hmm. They do emails to people. Um, but all I ask the voters to do is go to my website, byrondonalds.com, go to my YouTube page, go to my Facebook page, actually see, uh, see and hear my words. Um, there was a debate last night on Wink uh, News. They did it on their they did it on their website, and they did it on the Link News Facebook page. Go watch the debate and actually see for yourself. Uh, tonight, there's going to be a debate by ABC7 that's going to be streamed live on, on their Facebook page and on their website. And so I would just ask the voters to actually go watch the debates, go actually see who shows up to the debates, mm -hmm. um, and actually who decides not to debate, mm -hmm. and, um, and make a decision based upon that. Yeah, I mean, when you, in the juxtaposition of yourself against others who are speaking, it's just, it's at your head and shoulders above the others, Byron. So uh, I, I think that's a great opportunity for us. And we can find out about that on your website, byrondonalds.com. Um, on actually on my Facebook pages where we're putting out a lot of the promotion about the debates okay. because they're, they're it's, it's a large file it's hard to move to to our Facebook page gotcha I mean to our website excuse me but on the website you know we um, have a lot of 
issues, a lot of a lot of my commentary on the various issues, and then we're going to be adding a video page very shortly, which are going to have clips from the debate, maybe the debate in its entirety. We haven't decided that yet as a campaign, but definitely on my Facebook page, if you go there now, uh, Facebook.com/slash Byron Donalds, you can actually see the debate uh, put, put on by Wink News last night. Fabulous. Byron, wish you all the best. Again, uh, it, money fuels this whole thing, so to make a contribution to Byron at byrondonalds.com. Really appreciate you coming on the show. So Thank you so much for joining us, Byron. Thanks so much for having me, Bob. You have a wonderful day. You as well. Thank you. All right, coming up, I guess uh, I'm not pulling any punches here where I stand with regard to Byron, but uh, it's just a shame to see uh, these negative ads running at this time. I realize people are desperate, and they're putting a lot of their heart and soul into this. It's either you win or you don't. It's uh, coming in second. Is no, uh, There's no prize for that in an election like this, but... Uh, just hate to see uh, the negative stuff. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For the best in food and drink, as well as great live entertainment, go to the Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar. Formerly known as Weekend Willie's, the Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar has terrific new local owners offering a great new upscale decor and a fabulous new menu. Linda and I are weekly regulars to hear live blues, but you can stop by anytime for great food and drink, to watch your favorite sporting event, or to hear great live entertainment five nights a week. The Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar is located at 5310 Shirley Street, just off Pine Ridge Road, and it's open from 11 a.m. until close every day. Visit the website dogtoothnaples.com or call 431-7004. That's 431-7004. I hope we'll see you there. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. And you can find out more by visiting the website, gulfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett, get his insights and thoughts on what's happening here locally. Right now we have the Seton Motley. Seton is the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, sir. Now, Seton, tell us about Less Government. Uh, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and I just built a house here, so uh, it's not working. <laughs> it's like walking, walking around in saltwater taffy, isn't it? <laughs> Trying to get all the permits and everything. That's unbelievable. Uh, so I'll give, I'll give you one little wrinkle real quick. Seton, did I lose? House, but, uh, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Seton, are you there? So they turned my house down proposal. They turned my house down proposal down three times without telling us why. They finally told us why. You haven't applied for a driveway permit. I said we don't want a driveway. Well, you have to have a driveway. So we said, okay, what are the specs for the driveway? So we build the driveway to their spec. Then we're going to get the final certificate of application because your driveway is not wide enough. Yeah. So Seton, you know, you're breaking up a little bit. It's hard. It's hard to uh, hear you. It's hard I don't, so I don't know if you're in a Can good. You hear me? 
I can hear you now, Seton. That's better. But anyhow, your your okay, point. Fine. Just to repeat, though, I think what you're saying is that uh, you you go to so you got to have a driveway. So you've been put in a driveway. Nope, not wide enough. You didn't meet the standard of the driveway. Well, I, I told it to respect. I said, fine. I don't want a driveway. What do you want in a driveway from me? So I built it that way. Then I come back for my certificate of occupancy, and it's not wide enough. Like, I built it the way you told me to build it. What do you mean it's not wide enough? Probably spend another twenty five hundred dollars widening the driveway. Yeah. Uh, I hear yeah. I hear stories like that all the time. I hear stories like that all the time. It's it, and of course uh, when when you talk to those folks, they say, "Well, my goodness, we we have the Six Sigma project. We're the best in the world." <laughs> and, and the no, it's not. Yeah. So well, listen. You you wrote a piece uh, called "Where Are the Defenders of Sanity Against Savagery?" Maybe you could tell us about it. Yeah, you know. <laughs> If you're walking around feeling agitated or additionally agitated these last several months, because the left is running things right now, yeah, and this is the way it will be if they take over permanently. The left has been rapidly advancing their agenda, rapidly advancing what they want to achieve and do, and there's been no pushback. And you know, you see these idiot, like the idiot mayor in, in um, Seattle, who says, "Oh." They've, they've taken over blocks of the city. Well, first of all, you know, well, it's going to be the summer of love. Well, no, <laughs> you moron. Because, of course, then there were rapes and murders and robberies and all those things going on in Chaz or Chop or whatever they're calling it this week. And then the ironic part was she's defending it as the summer of love until one of her radical city council members led the, led the hordes to her neighborhood, to her house. Then all of a sudden, oh my gosh, this is an assault yeah. on me and my family. Well, what about all the families that own, you know, condos and apartments and renting in apartments and condos and businesses in the area you let the radicals take over? What yeah. about their property rights? And it was only then, after her house was threatened, not only did she push the hordes back from her house, she pushed them back from the... Uh, Occupied zone. Yeah. They've been occupied weeks. Now all of a sudden, maybe her private property is threatened. She simply has a newfound respect for everyone's private property, and she started pushing back against the horse. And that was my point. Really, was this is an assault? We don't have anybody. The people we elect to defend civic institutions, uh, private property, the rule of law, are not doing it. Right. They're, in fact, they're helping the other side in the many instances. And, you know, Tucker Carlson made a, you know, crystallized a good point last week, I think it was, when he said, for, for better or for worse, mostly worse, the Republican Party is the vessel of opposition to this. The problem is most of the members of the Republican Party are doing nothing to stop it. And th that's part of the frustration we're feeling is, is somebody going to stand up and stop this? Well, of course, the president's certainly taken that that uh, point, but uh, and he's stand. One of the few. He's yeah. one of the, he's one of the few, but uh, you know his his scope, his uh, sphere of influence is uh, limited because he's the president of the United States. He's not the mayor of Seattle, right? Uh, but, right. And so uh, I, I love how they're trying to blame him for the riots in cities around the country. Yeah, and the uh, like like the, all the COVID deaths in New York State. Um, excuse me, he didn't put, he didn't stack COVID patients like Cordwood in senior facilities. The governor did. What are you talking about? Right. So it's this very selective thing of, you know, going back to the uh, flood in, in, uh, from Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans. Somehow the responsibility bypasses the Democrat mayor, bypasses the Democrat governor, and gets all the way to the president in Washington, D.C., um, it's really quite. It's really quite remarkable. So you know, I wanted to ask you before I let you go about this uh, Google versus Oracle uh, case. I, I actually inquired why. Why did we hear something about this at the end of the term? I guess it's not going to be taken up until next year. No, it is actually. They uh, just yesterday they they announced it's going to be October seventh is when they're going to hear this case, and that's that's what I that you know the, the, to me this is part of the civic institutions that we need to defend that that are needed to defend private property is right um oracle quite quite obviously was ripped off by google google took eleven thousand five hundred lines of code 
of Java code. Java is a specific open platform language. Uh, they they were negotiating terms for licenses to use it with Oracle, uh, which which is a, which is an obvious admission that hey, we probably need licenses for this since we're negotiating for licenses. For right. This. And then all of a sudden they just stopped negotiations and released Android. They made Android the number one operating system on the planet. They they were they they made it with their the eleven thousand five hundred lines of code, and then just released it without the license, without without Oracle's permission to to do so. So, so now they've made probably a trillion dollars off the damn thing over ten years. Right, and of course our civic institutions are letting us down again. This is an open shut case. It didn't finish in five seconds. But here we are, ten years into the lawsuit later, and it's before the Supreme Court. And like I said, they're going to hear it October seventh, um, and it's it's just a question of are we go- is this civic institution going to push back against you know thieves or thieves whether they're stealing you know sneakers out of a, a, an athlete's foot or whether they're stealing city blocks right. or whether they're stealing intellectual property thieves or thieves. And the civic institutions are supposed to stop it and put an end to it, push back against it. And a lot of the lower courts have not, in this instance, where I'm hoping the Supreme Court does. So in, who appealed? Did Oracle appeal to go to the Supreme, Supreme right Court? Right now, I think, I think Google won at the lower court. My goodness. I, you so know, we're hoping... The, how can how can how can you defend stealing? <laughs> how, do you, how do you find? I mean, it's, it's so obvious. But to me, to me, it's they were they were negotiating for licenses. What does that tell you? Yeah, it if means they're negotiating for licenses. They acknowledge they need licenses, right? You know, and then on top of that, the argument they made is fair use. In, in copyright language, this is a copyright dispute um, that we're talking about here. In copyright law, fair use is specific. So, Seaton, I don't know if you're still talking, but uh, I, we can't hear you. But the point is, it's going to be adjudicated on, uh, or at least decided on October the seventh. It's a nine billion dollar case, taking ten years to wind up in the Supreme Court. It's just unbelievable. Seaton Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government, and I hope you'll visit the website lessgovernment.org. Uh, and also, I've, I'm looking at this column on Red State. Where are the defenders of sanity against uh, against savagery? Uh, All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. We're going to do that and more uh, right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you or a family member suffer from chronic pain in your knees, hips, or shoulders? Joint pain can be a nagging and serious problem requiring expert and compassionate care. I know I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. Until 2006, I was suffering debilitating pain and deformity in my knees. I couldn't enjoy biking or golf or even sleep without chronic pain as a constant companion. Thanks to Dr. George Markovich and the professional staff at the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, my pain is gone, and I'm back to doing the activities I enjoy with no pain. I have a lifestyle I can only imagine. Imagine prior to knee surgery, and you can too. Call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. They will thoroughly evaluate your condition, provide personalized, state-of-the-art treatment, and help you relieve your pain and get back to your active lifestyle. At the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, your care will be professionally managed through every phase of your recovery. For an initial consultation, call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, located off Tamiami Trail in Bonita Springs, at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. You listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulubee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. 
Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-389 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I hope you find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. We have with us the former mayor of uh, Naples, Bill Barnett. I always call him Mayor Bill. (laughs) Bill, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, you know, know, I, I still get to keep my title, so it's good, you know. But uh, yeah, so Mayor Bill always always still works, believe it or not. But I put on on my card, Bob, um, I got a new card, and it says, you know, uh, Mayor, and then it's got the R E T underneath it for retired. So yeah. you know what? It works. It works indeed. <laughs> so there's a lot going on. I mean, the schools are going to open on the 19th, and I look at right. I look at these four different options that they're offering parents. Uh, the kids, when they go to school, they're going to have to wear masks as well as wraparound glasses, apparently. I mean, to, to me, I, I, from where I'm coming from, the kids, are all, I mean, I think it's been proven that kids don't get the stuff, or if they do it, they get a mild case. And I just wonder if they just protected people who are, have a compromised immune system, if they just open schools normally and just let kids go to school. Well, I... You know that makes the most sense, but I I think you know you there were a lot of people that weighed in on this I guess and they're they're probably uh, a lot more educated than we are because we're just talking common sense that sounds good yeah. you know what I mean yeah that that makes total sense to me but then again you have the you have to consider everybody and there'll be be some that um, even though they they weren't compromised, uh, we'll get it and um, get really sick. You know, you don't want to see anybody die. Right. But you've been reading lately that, that a lot of these young people that were throwing it in their, you know, in the face of, well, I'm not going to get it, I'm not going to, you know, they have gotten it and, and a couple of them have died. And, I mean, so I think they're just trying to cover all their bases. Yeah. I, 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 I really do. And, I, you know, I realize it's a real pain in the butt um, for students and um, teachers and, and everybody else. But, you know, the other side of that coin, I think, is that they're all, we're all thinking the same way. It's like, hey, these parents, they got to get back to work. And yeah. I think part of it is, is about the economy. So what do you think about that? Yeah, so I, I think we should, uh, uh, we've, we're seeing, you know, first of all, if, if I go into Costco, for example, Costco demands that you wear a mask. I understand that nationwide Correct. now, uh, Walmarts are going to start demanding that. You know, it's their property. I certainly, res- I'll do whatever they, you know, it's <laughs> do what they w- what they expect. On the other hand, uh, to me, uh, it seems to me that we should all be making our own decisions about this stuff and uh, shouldn't be operating under the edicts of, uh, of elected officials. Well, I, I can go along with that to to an extent, mm-hmm. okay, depending on what the elected officials are, are telling people. I am, and I said it right from the beginning, I have no problem um, if, if uh, you know, the, the big word here for you and I is mandatory, correct? Correct. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get that out on the table. Yeah, so, so, so it's yeah. so recommended if somebody <laughs> says, you know, hey, do us a favor, wear the mask. The Joe over here is really frightened. I'd wear a mask to right. support Joe. <laughs> you know, but when you okay. just, it, the law is you have to wear a mask, otherwise we're going to find you $175. But just but, rubs me the wrong Bob, way. I don't disagree with you, but you, we, you look something at you said, yeah, you have to wear a mask. Where? Yeah. True. Where, where, where do you have to wear this mask? If they said, "Look, it's it's mandatory that when you go into a building, okay, uh, you have to wear you have to wear a mask if you're inside a building." Okay, I, I I don't have an issue with it. How much effort is it on on my part if I go to? We used uh, you know like Walmart and all those are doing it, but but what about I go to a little to Silvio's shoe repair? Okay, yeah, who I who I love dearly, right? Great guy. I put a mask on there. It's it's a small little store and whatever, and yeah. other people are in there. Yeah, I don't have an issue with that. It's not taking a hell of a lot of my time, and if it's going to 
protect me or you, for that matter. Yeah. I don't have an issue with it. Yeah. Well, I, I, agree, I agree with anywhere you. Anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're in violent yeah. agreement on that. But, I again, I come down to this. If Silvio owns the store, if his decision, I want you to wear a mask. And, in fact, if I went there, and usually he's got people backed up out the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you might be, you know, I might decide to wear a mask anyhow because it's going to be crowded. And you're going to be there for a little while trying to get some service. Be- and I, I'm right. not saying that disparage Silvio's because he does a great job. Obviously, he's extremely popular in terms of shoe repair. I just threw that out. Yeah. Right. I love Silvio, but but the the thing is, is so so. Let's just say he doesn't say anything. Okay. Yeah. And and you go in there and you're not wearing a mask and you are asymptomatic. Okay. Right. And and um and you could give that to me. All right. I could catch it if I don't have a mask on or somebody else. Yeah. So I understand that other side of it, and I would would just as soon protect myself and I. As the as the asymptomatic person, want to protect you, yeah. so I'm going to wear the mask. So yeah. I see the sides of it. I agree with you. I don't like the mandatory. If you're going to tell me you're going to wear one outside or whatever it is, oh no, no, I'm you know you're drawing a line there. Yeah, so I agree I'll, absolutely. Little story. Uh, one of our favorite restaurants opened up. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and we yeah, went to the that. restaurant. Got it first time that we could go inside and, and have dinner at the restaurant. The owner came up and gave us a big hug, <laughs> which is oh, geez. just which yeah. Is, I mean, I know, I know. By the way, which one is it? Because I like the restaurants that you go to. Well, I, I don't. Some people who might disagree with that uh, behavior might uh, t- take exception oh. with it. So I don't want to mention oh. the name of the <laughs> name of the place. I could guess. Yeah, I, I could guess, but I won't. But uh, yeah, so they're reopened. They are reopened and uh, doing business. And you know, and I see things. What's happening in California is closing down the place. Everybody's got to wear a mask. All these businesses are closed. Right. That's a big part of our economy, uh, California. And it's it's just. It is. I think it's just an overreaction, Bill. The the statistics show that out of a million people worldwide, fifty six right. will die from coronavirus. Right. And yeah. uh, 2,500 will die from the flu. Right. So, right. I mean, do we wear masks and close the country down because of the flu? We don't do that. No, we don't. So. We don't. Well, you know, this debate is going to go on for uh, for a long time. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, and I do. Hopefully that new vaccine that they're, they're working on uh, had some positive Positive thoughts and results uh, from what I read yesterday, and they're in their final phase of testing, and uh, so maybe there is a little bit of a blue sky. Yeah, you know I, what I'm saying. I do. I do indeed, Bill. So uh, before I let you go, any good scoop in the city? Uh, well, they're losing uh, some 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 key people, Bob. Uh, as you and I, I predicted to you, uh, some of the directors are leaving. Our uh, human resources director found a, a job. She's been with the city 34 years. Hmm. And um, wow. she's she's moving on. She's going up to Fernandina Beach, and uh, she's a terrific young lady. Um, and uh, some other ones that I know of that I, I don't want to say about you know now because it's not public knowledge or whatever are looking to to for for employment elsewhere because um, you know the word that I get is that the 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 council um, other than one council member they just don't acknowledge the good work that the staff does, and you can't run an organization without doing that. Well, good old Period. Gary. Period. Good old I'm Gary. Not sour grapes. I know, I understand, and, and of course, you ran for mayor because there was the uh, the attitude of the, of the staff was not good, and you were encouraged to run for mayor in the last time. So, uh, unfortunately, what you're saying is, that, again, the dauber's down when it comes to attitude there at the, in, in City Hall. Right. Yeah, right. that's and, unfortunate. Uh, so... But uh, uh, the good news is is that my understanding is Dana Souza, who is our community services director, got the job uh, as assistant city manager, and he'll do a great job. Outstanding. He's a terrific, terrific guy. So um, that's, a, that's a big positive. Bill Barnett, again, my favorite mayor of in the nation. <laughs> I, I <laughs> Thanks, just, Bob. Yeah, I just genuinely appreciate your commentary. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Have a great one. I hit him straight. Please. I certainly hope so. Thank you so much, Bill. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly had fun. 
Uh, we've got great guests lined up for tomorrow, including William Yateman. He is a uh, research fellow at the Cato Institute. Alfie Oaks is coming on the show. And I, Alfie, of course, is the uh, owner of uh, Seed to Table. He also is running for uh, a position, an elected position with the GOP. So we'll be talking to him about that. And, of course, what happened with the... Uh, with the uh, demonstrations in front of a seat to table. Sharon Kenny is the author of Where Should We Eat? We'll be uh, visiting with Sharon as well as Dave Bigo, the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. I send out a, uh, a summary of the show after, after every show, so you can uh, subscribe to that. Again, just send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. Thank you so much for joining us here on the show, and uh, namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harton Show on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharton.com. <laughs>